Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. Good to be with you again today. Sorry that Pastor Joe can't be here. He is a wonderful blessing, and he's your pastor, not me. <laughs> you know, there's a special relationship between a pastor and his people. Yes. And, um, you know, it need, it's a close relationship. Uh, and there's a lot more to pastoring than you could imagine. And uh, God bless Pastor Joe for, you know, he has to do both. He's bivocational right now. Um, but he's there to meet your needs. I'm here if you, you need prayer, you need to talk to somebody, I'll do it for the day. <laughs> I'll do that. But, you know, I, I was thinking about the times I would be in service, and I had to really uh, focus what, during the worship time because there would be a zillion things coming through my mind. Yes. You know, uh, did I, are, are there any visitors here today? Did I speak to them? And the, uh, how's it, you know, are the ushers in place for the offering? You know, all this stuff is going through your, your mind. Did I do all the announcements? Did we get that announced? People come to you beforehand, oh, we need to announce this. You better talk to my wife. <laughs> and she was assistant. And, and so a lot of times I'd be sitting there and say, Judy, go do this. She'd get back and I'd say, Judy, go do that. <laughs> and uh, so just to keep the focus, then you're trying to think about the message and, and what you feel the Lord wants to do that day. So there's just a lot to it just on a Sunday, not to mention throughout the week when, uh, you, you know, when you're doing the other things of ministry. And there's a lot more than you can imagine. You know, it's, it's like a, running a business in many ways. You know, all the administration, you know, you got insurance, your own insurance, but you got insurance for the churches and all the different things you need to deal with. Uh, oh, I won't go into it and take the rest of the message here. <laughs> but I just appreciate your pastor. Would you do that? Let's give the Lord a clap offering for giving you a great pastor. Amen. Turn your Bibles, if you would, today to Luke 21. And... If you have a marker or something you can put into them, it'd be great. Uh, if you could also uh, put a marker in, or something, a pen or something, in, in Matthew 24. These are parallel passages. Uh, Matthew uh, uh, probably wrote his gospel before uh, Luke. And uh, so, uh, I want to look at both of them today. We'll be going back and forth. I don't know how it's all going to come out. It's still a little mixed up in my mind, <laughs> and we'll ask the Lord to straighten it out as, as we go. But uh, I want to start with the end of Luke 21. There's, good, there, there's a lot here. If you just look, look at Luke 21, many of you may have sections that have, you know, parts that are headings that are not necessarily words from the Bible, but they just help you organize. Uh, and if you look over uh, this, there's a couple things in Luke 21 that Jesus is talking about. 
And I, I just want to have you see some things here before we even start. Uh, Luke's gospel came after Matthew's. He probably used Matthew's and possibly Mark's. Uh, he, at the beginning of Luke, he, he's writing to uh, Theophilus. He's, this gospel is uh, addressed to Theophilus. He wants him to know about all the things that Jesus did. And actually, Luke is two parts. It's, uh, he just didn't write the gospel, but uh, if you, he did a one book in two volumes, or something like that, two-volume book. One is Luke, and the other is Acts. And what's different about uh, Luke is that he has a theme in both Luke and Acts, and it is in the midst of the gospel, he wants you to see what Holy Spirit is doing and how Holy Spirit is moving. And so you'll see more references in uh, Luke's gospel about the Holy Spirit. And, and then you move to the book of Acts, that's all about the Holy Spirit working in the apostles. A better title, you know, it's called the book of Acts of the apostles well it really was the acts of the holy spirit through the apostles and the first thing you see is this day of pentecost and uh it's all about the day of pentecost and the movement of the holy the coming of the holy spirit in one and two so uh so what we're looking at here today is end time signs but right at the end, which is really going to be my emphasis, he tells us to do some things in, because of what those signs are. And so we want to look at the signs, and we want to go back to Matthew, because Matthew, uh, Luke has used this, and he's kind of like an editor in his gospel. He's left some things out, and he's added a couple things for his whole perspective to, to minister to Theophilus and all of his readers afterwards. So it's just a different view of the gospel. He, he does some editing of Matthew's work he, and Mark's probably, he uses those, and he uses other eyewitness accounts in the writing of his gospel. And so you're gonna, as you look through uh, Luke, you'll see those differences. Each one of the gospels has its own perspective of the life of Jesus. And so that's what you want to get. Whenever you read the book of Luke, you want to say, how is, he, how is he sharing the Holy Spirit? And you'll see more of the Holy Spirit in the Christmas story. You'll see more of the Holy Spirit in, in what Jesus does. He'll talk more about the Holy Spirit in, in the book of Luke. And, and, and so it's a, a special emphasis that Luke has. So I want to just begin, and we'll come back to other parts. Uh, I just want to begin by taking a brief overview of uh, Luke 21, and it's about signs. And then I want to come back and we'll read specific parts of it. So first part uh, in the first couple of verses are about uh, Jesus uh, being in the temple and showing the, uh, the uh, disciples the widow that only had two mites. And, and then the, the apostles are looking around and they're, they're 
looking at the temple and they're discussing that and Jesus says, do you see this, you know, this temple? I tell you that not one stone will be left upon another. And so they ask in, they ask, well, what will be the sign of these things? And so he tells about signs of the destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, but also of what's going to happen at the last days. He kind of puts it all together of things that will be coming upon this earth that they will experience and that we 2,000 years later might experience. And uh, it's one of the things that happens in the Bible. You know, it's, I've, you know I, I've often wondered, God, why didn't you just spell it all out with chronologically? And it's just not the way he did it because he leaves mystery in there for us. And there, there will always be that mystery that, that causes us to want to know more, want to grow in our knowledge of the word and the knowledge uh, of God and his plan for our lives. And it doesn't spell it all out because we would probably wait till the day before Jesus would come. He says, nobody knows the hour, right? We would probably all wait till the day before Jesus come and repent and get everything right and say, okay, that's good. <laughs> well, isn't that what human nature does? We just wait to the last second and panic. And so he doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to grow. He wants us to grow as spiritual people. He wants to grow us to grow in his love and his grace. And he, that's what he's looking at. In our relationship with him, he wants us to grow. It's more about a relationship than it is about getting a ticket to heaven. And so that's what he emphasizes. So then you have the destruction in Jerusalem and the coming of the Son of Man. Then you have... Jesus um, saying, well, this is what I want. This is because of these signs. This is what you should do. This is should be your response. And so we'll read that. If we could all stand to honor the word of the Lord. Verse 34 of Luke chapter 21. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly. For I, it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth, whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And I'll stop right there. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask Jesus that you would just make your grace and power known today. We ask, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and change our lives. Help us to grow and move forward in you. Open our eyes and awaken us, God, and teach us, God, to watch and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Watch and pray. That's what we're supposed to do. But let's first look at some of these signs. And 
if you'll notice in uh, Luke 21, verse 7, the apostles ask and say, Teacher, but when will these things be, and what sign will there be that these things are about to take place? Now, I want you to turn, because and, and, this is important, turn to Matthew, turn back to that place, and I think it's in verse 3. They ask it a little, you know, again, Luke has edited, he's made it shorter. Verse 3, it says, Now, as he sat in the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, what, when will be these things? They, they want to know when. <laughs> Just tell us when. What's the day? What's the hour? You know? And, uh, and what will be the sign of your coming? So what are some of the signs that come? When will it be? And then he says, and the end of the age. So his coming, the end of the age. And he begins to tell them. I will just stay in Matthew 24. Take heed that no one deceives you. Says basically the same thing. One of the big things that's going to come he says, is that people are going to try to deceive you. Most people don't, you know, there are those that, you know, they're just crooks and, and uh, shysters and all, all kinds of people. There, there are people out there that just try to deceive us. There are those, but many people are just deceived themselves, and therefore they deceive you. I think that's the way most false prophets work, is that they, they have this idea that they are true prophets, you know, and, and they've been right about a few things, and that makes them right about everything. And so they uh, are deceived themselves, deceived about who they are, deceived about their calling, and so as a result of that, they deceive you. False Christ, some of them are the same way. And then there are other people out there, they just don't, they know they're, they're not prophets, they know they're not Christ, but they're out there to deceive and do what they can do. So he says, take heed that no one deceives you. We should be concerned about that, for many will come in my name, saying, I'm a Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. Now, all those things are happening and have happened for years. What's interesting is that there has been an increase in all those things. There's been an increase in earthquakes. There's been an increase in wars. There's a, uh, been an increase in persecutions. You know, uh, a report came out, somebody I was watching on the news, don't remember who it was, uh, but they were saying that there are, there are more Christian persecutions and martyrdoms in our age than there have ever been at any other time in the world. It's all on the increase. The earthquake quakes and their magnitude are on the increase. More wars, more riots, right? Stuff is happening. Pestilences. Pest we're right in the middle of it. Have, in my lifetime, we've never seen anything like this COVID pe pestilence and the reaction to it. 
of government and of society. We've never seen anything like it. And in, and in the scripture we, we read in Luke, it says, take heed. He said, take heed, for all these things will come as a snare upon the whole world, upon the whole earth. Isn't that what the, this COVID thing has been like? All of a sudden, we're entrapped. We can't go places we used to go. We can't, you know, for a long time, some of us, you know, for a good number of months, we, we stay at home, you know? And now things are still shut down. And all, it's a snare. And what's really interesting is that it's been a snare over the whole earth, not just some local place. We're not the only country that's experiencing the problems of, of COVID, but all the countries of the earth, to some extent, are experiencing those same things. I want to tell you the signs are there and they are being fulfilled. This is the day. This is the hour. Let me give you another sign that is spoken of here. It's the sign of the fig tree in verses 22 through 35, or 32 through 35. We're still in Matthew 24. We'll use that. It's easier. Uh, now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and put forth its leaf, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the door. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation by no means will pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. The fig tree. What's the fig tree about? It's the emblem of Israel. That's who Israel, every man in Isaiah says, uh, when uh, God brings the millennium peace, that every man in Israel will sit under his vine and fig tree. It says when the fig tree begins, when did that, uh, it says, uh, when its branch has already become tender, it puts forth leaves. When the Israel became a nation for about 2,000 years again, it was not a nation. Just Jewish people spread all over the earth. They, they were exiled from their country. And on May 14th, 1948, it became a nation. Isaiah says, I think it's in Isaiah 66, he says, can a nation be born in a day? That's never happened before. And a nation in 1948, May 14th, was born in a day. I want to tell you, Israel is special. It's like no other nation. I want to be, you know, if I can influence my government, which someone we doubt now and then, but I hope that America will always be a blesser of Israel because we will find our blessing in that. And we have stood with Israel, and I think we need to continue to stand with Israel. But God miraculously brought that nation to life again, gave it a border, and it, in the midst of all kinds of enemies around it, has been prospering and growing and, and surviving 
the signs. Now, if we go to Luke 21, we see that Luke talks about the destruction of the temple because that's what they, they started out talking about. And Jesus said, do you know, see this temple? And adorned with beautiful stones? And he says, the days will come when not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. In AD 70, the general Titus invaded Jerusalem. It was burned on fire, but he did not, he went through the temple, which as a Gentile, he should not ha have been in that temple, but he did not commit the abomination of desolation, which Jesus talks about in Matthew. Uh, and in Matthew, I'll just tell you this for the sake of time here today, because it's going by very quickly. And I want to get to the message besides the signs. He burned it down, and, and actually his soldiers did. He did. That was not his intention. But as a result of that, it was destroyed in so many ways. He leveled it so that, and some of these stones were like 14 feet long. You can imagine what this would weigh and how they would deal with this. A lot of these stones were like 14, 15 feet long, four feet high, and you know, three or four feet wide. And they made sure that not one stone was left upon another and they put, actually put a roadway through there. The words of Jesus always come to pass. But the, then he talks in Matthew 14, if you read that chapter, we won't, uh, I, I won't read it here today, but about when you see the abomination of desolation happen, that didn't happen then. He said, and now you know that it's not just talking about uh, the day when uh, uh, AD 70, but it's talking about a time in the future. And the abomination of desolation had already occurred uh, with Antioch Epiphanes during the time of the Maccabees. And so it was, Jesus is saying it's going to happen again, that somebody's going to go into the holy of holy place. Antioch Epiphanes went into the Holy of Holy place, declared himself God, and, and, and sacrificed a pig, which was totally uh, defiled, a defilement of the temple. The Antichrist will go into the Holy of Holies and declare that he is God. And he will defile the temple. And so Jesus said, when you see that, flee to the mountains. Don't go back. If you're on the roof, don't go back in your house. If, uh, you know, if uh, you're uh, doing something, drop everything that you're doing and flee to the mountains. Uh, and woe to those that are pregnant. Pray that it won't be on the Sabbath day. I don't know, you know, I think if it was on the Sabbath day, you'd run anyways. I don't know how, you know, they would deal with that. But in any case, he says, flee to the mountains because there's sudden destruction is coming. So you have all of these signs that are given. There's so many others in the book of Revelation 
the book of Daniel, the book of Zechariah, signs of things that are being fulfilled in our day that we keep moving closer, signs in the sun and the moons and the stars. All of these things that are happening and we keep seeing things that happen in the Middle East, that are happening in the Middle East that point to the coming of the Lord. Now, let's go back uh, to Luke uh, 21 in our original text. Well, what's going to happen? Take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch, therefore, and pray. The title of this message is Watch and Pray. What are we supposed to do? Watch and pray. Take heed to ourselves that we're not, you know, carousing and uh, just doing junk with our lives, uh, that we're not filled with drunkenness. And, and you know, uh, I don't know about you, I, I, I had a problem with alcohol and drinking. I stopped both. when. It took me a little while to get rid of the drinking, but stopped both uh, when I came to the Lord. And the, I should say the Lord delivered me of, of both. And it took him a while to do it. I could be stubborn in certain areas, but it got done. But notice this, the cares of this life. And I was thinking about, you know, this is under watching. Watch yourself. What should, be we, should we be watching? Yes, the signs, they're happening, but I'm convinced that it's more than the, the signs. We should be watching that we're not following false Christ, false prophets, right? We should be watching where the loyalty of our hearts is. I was thinking, I think about with all the things that have been going on politically, whether you're a Democrat or a, a Republican, a Biden or a Trump supporter. You know, we have to be careful not to trust in man and not to trust in government, but trust in Jesus and trust in his kingdom. That's where our treasure is. That's where eternity lies. That's the most important thing in our lives. I mean, you know, I, won't, I don't want to get into politics at all, That's a, but it's crazy sometimes how far people can go following people or think, following what they think they, uh, whether it's riots in the, in the summertime <laughs> that we had in these different places or a riot at the Capitol. It's easy. You, you know what Jesus never lifted his hand toward anyone? We, we know he didn't have a gun. <laughs> but he never, and, and when he was unjustly accused and unjustly tried and was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. 
are we followers of Jesus? Followers of Jesus. I don't think we should be doormats for everybody we ha because we have, Jesus wasn't that, he had to stand up for the truth. And I think there are, you know, there can be things such as just wars. I think there could be places where we need to defend ourselves. But if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you, need, you and I need to be careful not to be deceived to follow men that want to take us places that Jesus wouldn't go. Can I get an amen by somebody here? Amen. That we are careful that when we do things, we are following Jesus. I'm a lover of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a disciple of Jesus. That's who I want to follow because I can trust in him. I mean, I, there's so many people out there, uh, political parties, so many different movements that you could be a part of, things that are out there on Facebook. You know, it's not bad to, to be Republican or necessarily Democrat, but I want to tell you, we have to follow Jesus no matter where our involvements are. Can somebody say amen today? Amen. Follow him. Take heed. And then, you know, uh, I've, for many, many years, I've not really been uh, uh, tempted to drink, do drugs, but the cares of this life sometimes, that's the one that gets most of us, right? These days, once you've given your heart to the Lord, he's cleaned you up, and, but it's so easy to get caught up on and the cares this life, got to get that done, got to get this done, got to take care of this, got to do this. And, and first thing you know, you're living for nothing but yourself. And what you got to do, the cares of this life. Oh, friends, we got to be careful of what's going on in our hearts. We've got to watch, but not just the signs of the times, not just true prophets and false prophets, not true Christ and false Christ, but we have to watch what's going on in our heart and what we're valuing. Watch. Take heed to yourself. That word watch means being to be watchful, vigilant, expressing a clear awareness which results from self-control, a condition of moral alertness. It's just so easy to let our language go at a given time. Say things we ought not to say. It's so easy, you know, to get stirred up about something and just let, find yourself doing something you wouldn't otherwise do. Watch. Be alert. You know, you can't stay awake all night, every night. <laughs> you know, that's not what's being spoken of, but just be aware of the times that we live in. Jesus said to his disciples, 
in the Garden of Gethsemane, watch and pray that you don't enter into te temptation. So there's this call to watch and pray. Watching in one part and praying is another. Peter said, be sober and be vigilant. And that word, word vigilant is, is uh, just a different way in, in the Greek to say watch. Because your adversary as a roaring lion roams about seeking who may, may devour. I want to tell you the devil is out to get you. He's out, out, out to, to hurt your life. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to destroy your relationship with your spouse. He comes to destroy relationship with friends, with family, with kids. He'll trip you up. He'll get you out of the spirit and into the flesh. Be watchful. Be aware of what the enemy is trying to do in your life. Because, friend, you're, you and I are living in these last days. Not only does he, you know, want to trip you up in the area of what's going on in these end days, but he just wants to muck up your soul. There's so much on TV, on the Internet, and places that, that, that can do that. So be alert. What's going on? And then pray. I'm surprised these days. You know, I, I have chapel, pastored chapel for 37 years, one church for 37 years. And uh, our church, like this church, was a place where, I, I, I want to tell you, I, I love God's presence here. You have a wonderful presence of God. But remember this. You can take it deeper. <laughs> you can take it deeper. It can be fuller. The priests in the temple in Solomon's day could not stand in the temple when the glory came down. There's a depth of glory of God's weighty presence that can come down in a person's life, in a church's life, that can impact your life, your family's life, the world. There's a presence of God that can come down. That presence needs to be cultivated. The biggest way to cul cultivate it is to pray, is to seek the face of the Lord. I kind of see the watching, and I'm just going to say this real quick and not go back into it, but the watching has a lot to do with reading your Bible. To, to, to know what the Word of God says about, uh, about false prophets, uh, about things that are false, things that are true. So it, watching has to do with getting into the Word of God and knowing the Word of God. And you ought to read, we ought to be reading our Bibles daily and continually growing, you know, every day. You, you might miss a day, but just the next day, get back into it when, when you can. But continually growing in the Word of God. If you do that, you will learn to hear the voice of God. And you'll know the difference between His voice and the devil's voice. The, uh, the voice of the flesh and, and, and the Lord's voice. The voice of the world and the Lord's voice. If you do that. And then 
become a person of prayer. Some people get lopsided on one of these or the other, but we need both in our life. We need to be a person of the word and a person of the spirit and of prayer. And what prayer does is cultivate, it cultivates the moving of God's spirit in your life. Praise and worship is a part of that. If you just look at the, uh, the Lord's Prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be the name. First part of that is all about praise. And the, it ends with submission and praise again. Yours is the glory. Yours is the honor. Yours is the kingdom forever and ever. Amen. So it begins and ends with praise. And, and that's a part. You know, find ways to pray in your life. Cultivate the fullness of God's spirit. Holy Spirit. This is why, why this is in Luke and not in Matthew. Because Luke's wanting want to say, this is what... Jesus said, he probably, one of the eyewitnesses told him this is, and he says, I want that in there because I want to emphasize Holy Spirit. I want God's people to learn to be filled with God's Spirit, to be anointed with God's Spirit, to address life in the, God's Spirit, because if you're not addressing life in God's Spirit, you're addressing life in the flesh. You can say amen or ouch, whichever you prefer. So we've got to learn to pray and to go deeper in praying and, and, and to do more than pray over our meals or pray before we go to bed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord that my soul to keep. <laughs> we, we do so many of these prayers. Pray at the beginning of the service. Pray at the end of the service. How about having a prayer service? and spend a, a time in prayer? How about having uh, prayer meetings? How about a, a time with myself where, where I just, you know, you can't do this every day. There's, there's so many styles of praying and so many ways to pray. And we, there's, there's fellowship prayer where I'm just with the Lord and I want to talk to him and I want to enjoy him. And, and we're maybe talking about the family. We're talking about things in life. I'm thanking him for my wife or my kids or, or I'm just uh, we're, we're talking about the word in some way. So I'm just enjoying fellowship prayer. And then there's prevailing prayer or travailing prayer where I need something. <laughs> I have to have something. This is an emergency and I'm going to get like Elijah when he uh, prayed in Mount Carmel. It says he got down on his hands and knees and for, he prayed for rain. That's prevailing prayer. And, and he, he didn't stop praying till he saw in the distance a cloud about the size of a man's hand. And when he saw that, he said, that's it. Here comes God. And before he got down on, from the mountain, it started to rain. Prevailing prayer. Prayer where you need a victory. You need help in a crisis. You need to, to, to have something happen. You need a soul saved. Because they're tearing apart their life. They're tearing apart their family. You need something to happen so there's prevailing prayer. But I want to tell you, you'll get exhausted if you try to do that every day. <laughs> you know? There's intercessions, you know? There's so many different kinds and styles of prayer. And each person has a different walk with the Lord and a different style that you tend to. But all, with, with all of that said... You got to learn to pray.
so that you can be filled with the Spirit. Prayer is not just asking for things. That's down the list on the priorities. The first and most important thing, goal of prayer, is that you come into the presence of God. You begin to experience. God's pre- we know that God's presence is everywhere, right? It's, it's here right now. It'll be home when we go home. The question is, am I living in the midst of, of God's presence? Am I experiencing in that moment when I go home God's presence? Or did I just turn him off? The goal of prayer, you see, if you're just down on your knees and say, oh God, you know, my son's such an idiot, he did this and this and this, and, and oh, we got to get him straightened out. And that's not prayer, that's worrying. Right? Yep. But if you come into God's presence and you get your mind focused not on your son or your daughter or, or a situation, you come into the presence of God and you get your mind focused on God until you know, okay, I've come boldly before the throne of grace that I might find help. And, and you know that God is there. Your mind wasn't, you, you put off your mind. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta get off the stuff off. And then you come to the throne of God. And then after you've been there a while and you're enjoying being with God, you say, what about this, God? What about this? And then you hear from, from heaven. Then you have something happen. A, a whisper. I remember years ago, I was having trouble with my son, one of my sons. And, uh, man, he was a teenager. You know what that means? <laughs> and... Uh, there I was, you know, I was so concerned, and, but it took me a while to get through to the presence. And so when I was through to the presence and I was before the Lord and I could sense that I was, the sun, all of a sudden the sun was out of my mind. And I was just kind of reminded, what did you come here for? <laughs> so I said, what, what do you want, Lord? What, what do you want? What should I do about this? I don't know what to do. If I do this, it goes wrong. If I do that, it goes wrong. He said, let your wife do most of the <laughs> stuff here. I mean, because uh, I'm one that, you know, if there's a problem, I'll take care of it, hon. He said, let your wife, and, and you, you stand back when you need to, and you just, you, you step in, but let Judy begin to work on this. And that's what I did. And then slowly, everything changed. Same son, it was somewhere around the same time, was um, uh, dating a girl. And uh, we had gone to district council. I think we were, I don't know if we were in Carlisle, I think we were down in uh, the other side, where was it, honey? Mechanicsburg. It could have been Mechanicsburg, but we were down there. We always stayed through the entire time of district council. This was before I was a presbyter and had to be there all the time. And, but we always stayed the whole time. And uh, 
We were just praying in the morning before we went off to, to council, you know, I come before the, and uh, I got this check in my spirit. You need to go home. I never go home. You need to go home. And Judy had been praying, and, and I don't know who brought it up first, but I said, honey, I just feel, felt like when we were praying, we need to go home. So I think we went to the early morning and then we, uh, we went home before the, the afternoon and the evening service and we wound up at church right away. We went home, then we went to church. Our son had gone. He was supposed to go to church along with the other two. He didn't go to church. It's a Wednesday night. Where was he? He'd gone and he'd showed up for about 10 minutes. And then he went off to his girlfriend's place. So we, you know, he came back home that night, not expecting to see us. Well, there we were. And we said, where were you in church tonight? We knew where he was. He was at his girlfriend's place. How did you know? God told us. God told us. No! No! <laughs> yeah, God told us to go home, son, because you weren't where you were supposed to be. Watch and pray because you see you come into circumstances in life at these end days and all kinds of confusion and darkness is, is whirling about. And in the midst of it, you need to get off of the worry. You need to get off of all the circumstances and all the surroundings and get into the throne room so that God can lead you, so that God can speak to you, so that you can hear times of prayer, whether it's in your car, on the way to work, or it's early in the morning or night, whatever time's best for you. But watch, my friends, and pray, because we're in the day when the Lord will come, and we don't know when. It could happen. We believe in the imminent return of Jesus. It could happen this very day. Aren't you glad you're in church today? Watch and pray, for you do not know the hour or the time. And what should we pray? That you escape all these things that will come to pass. I believe in the rapture. I believe it's going to be before the tribulation. And if it's not then, it's going to be in the middle of the tribulation. If it's not then, it's going to be then. But I believe it's going to be at the beginning. I'm like 99.9, .9, I don't say 100% sure, 99.9. .9. Because the reason I say that is this scripture, watch therefore and pray that you may escape. Mm -hmm. Jesus is coming again. And he wouldn't say to us, watch and pray so that you may escape if you couldn't escape, right? That's right. Because what he says and what he promises, he means. Jesus is coming again to catch his bride up in the air. 
his people up in the air to be with the Lord. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. The COVID's coming, the stuff's happening, you know, politically, all the stuff is going on. But listen, my friend, Jesus is coming. Lift up your heads for your redemption is getting closer. Can you say amen? Can you say Maranatha? Even so, come Lord Jesus. Are you ready for that? Watch. Look at your heart. Is, is your heart ready for that time, for that moment? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to make sure if there's somebody here today and if you don't know that you're ready, the signs are happening. Signs are happening. We want to be ready for the day. We want to get ready. We want to stay ready. We want to be in love with Jesus. We want to be in love with Jesus when, when he comes. If you're not sure you're ready, if you want to make sure you're ready, would you raise your hand today? Is there somebody here today? Say, that's me, Pastor. Would you pray for me? Is there anybody? Okay. Let's all stand. Renee, could you come to the... This last verse says, Watch therefore and pray always that you be kind of worthy to escape these things, come to pass, and stand before the Son of Man. We can only be worthy. You know, you can't be worthy because you did, prayed so much. You prayed two hours. You know, you did this. You know, that's, we just need to be people of prayer. You, but you can only be ready, not by something you've done, but by what Christ has done. He shed his blood for you and for me. Why don't you just ask for a fresh washing? of his blood that makes us worthy to stand before him. And I just want you to maybe lift up your hands a little bit and say, look, and just pray that prayer that he asks us to pray, that we would escape the tribulation and that we would stand before him. And I'll just lead you in that prayer, but if you would just lift up your hands and just lift up your heart before the Lord that you would stand before the Lord in this moment and say, Lord, I want my heart to be right. I want to be washed in your blood. And I want to be worthy because of that. I want to stand in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Wash us afresh, Lord. Wash me afresh. Just say that to the Lord. Wash me afresh, Lord. Wash me afresh. In the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, wash me afresh. Renew me. Renew my heart. Open my eyes and make me watchful of the signs, but make me watchful of my own heart, O oh God. Where it leads me, who I'm following. Make me watchful. Teach me to pray, Lord. 
renew my prayer life. Restrengthen my prayer life. I want to pursue you. I want to be all in, as Pastor would say. I want to be all in. In Jesus' name, teach me to pray. I want to be in your presence. I want to be before your throne. Give me hearing ears to hear your voice and seeing eyes to see what you want me to see, Lord. I want to stand before you in this life and the life to come. Help me to stand before you, Lord, to be in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I hope you feel his presence. He is here. He is here. Lord, bless your people today to take your presence with them. We ask you to go before them throughout this day and throughout this week. We ask that you would keep them and guide them by your Holy Spirit and that you would make us watchful and prayerful. Draw us close to you, Lord, because we don't just want this sense of your presence now, but we want it tomorrow morning and every morning, every day. Come, Holy Spirit, bless your people with all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.